Oh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> guys Happy much New better Year. look at those levels much, this much is better. why you check your equipment <laughs> when you start this is technically the second time we've recorded and this is actually the third time that we've had to do a second recording of an episode yes which so, is the most frustrating thing it really is ever thankfully it's only been the third it's so. only been the th- all good. It's and only are, been the third. And there are four Lethal Weapon movies. Yes. So oh my God. I are. don't know if I want to review more of those for that. Uh, happy New Year to everyone. Happy 2019, guys. Um, catching you up. Wow. Yeah. So again, we tried to record this Lethal Weapon podcast like a week ago. It was a little over a week ago. And the USB cord we were using was super shoddy. I think also, too, it just plugged in weird to the side of the computer. Like, yeah, if you have a Blue Yeti microphone or if you use a Blue Yeti microphone, they're amazing. That's what we're using now. That's what we highly recommend. Yeah. yeah. Do that. Use that. I use this for all my voiceover work, my voiceover work that I do in-house. So let's really quickly just stop for a second to see if the baseline is any changes. We're going to stop here in just a sec. Okay, great. We're good. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Nice, smooth baseline. All right. So catching up. Yes. You want to go first? No, I was no. going to look to you to go first. Oh, I mean, there's not, I don't know, there hasn't been a whole lot. The holidays happened. I hope everyone had a very safe and happy holiday. What was one gift you got it that you got it? Wow. Okay. What was one gift you got that was unexpected? Unexpected. Um, what did I not expect? I don't know. There's don't so know. much in this world that you can't expect. I'm trying to remember what I got for Christmas. I know. I think we had this conversation too, where you like get your gifts and then like maybe like five days later. Yeah, you you're can't like, remember what you got. You're wait, like, oh, what did I get? Wait, what the fuck did I just what get? What did I get? For yeah, because I was like, because I was getting you gifts and I was like, yeah, I've come up with all these ideas. And you're like, I didn't give you any ideas. How do you know I'm going to like them? <laughs> right. And I'm like, do you remember how epic my presents were last year? And you're like, I'm no. Not, and I was like, I don't. I don't either. I can't remember what I got you. <laughs> and I put you on the spot. I'm like, what did I get you for Christmas? Yeah. And you're like, I don't I fucking don't... know. <laughs> oh. How am I supposed to remember what you got me for Christmas last year? Uh, no, holidays happened. It was a great Christmas in New York. And I sort of saw my wife. And I know. We did some touristy stuff on Christmas Eve. That was really uh, fun. I worked um, both Eve. No, I didn't work the holiday. Excuse me. No, you got time off. And now we're just back in the throes at Row House. We're doing our big January competition. and Now is that, because I know that they changed the, the competition. Right. Sometimes it's about getting a certain number of meters. Sometimes it's a certain number of classes. It's been. What is Row House doing this year? In years past, it has been rowing a certain amount of meters gets you certain prizes. But now it's taking a certain amount of classes gets you prizes oh what prizes well you get a custom-made water bottle when you row 10 classes that's fun and a custom-made hooded sweatshirt which is a zip-up Ooh, it's a a zip-up this year (gasps) so i really like the graphic too it's very retro um so yeah those are the prizes and every twenty-five thousand meters you row you get a raffle entry into our big grand prize drawing which is um, you get a row house you get you get an you, entire row house we make you franchise a row house <laughs> <laughs> 
you have to blindly throw a dart at the United States of America. <laughs> and wherever it lands, that's your Roja. There will you be sent. <laughs> It's kind of like Hunger Games. We don't you have pay to, for any of it. No, you have to put up the 300 But you are legally yourself. bound to this new row house yep. location. God bless you. Um, and that's it for me. Good. What about you? Well, I... Uh-huh. 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 So basically... Um, so I'm in the Office musical. Opened that. Got started with that. Woo! I play uh, Phyllis and Meredith and others. We're not supposed to say who else because it's supposed to be a surprise. Right. And uh, and so for the holidays, and I didn't know this. We talked about this a little bit when Katie Joe was our guest. So during the holidays, you know how people like go out and they go see movies and things like that. Yeah. Like everybody goes to the movie theater. Uh-huh. In New York, people go see theater theater. Mm. And so because of that, we had 13 shows in five days. Stupid. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. We are screwed. And so I did 12. (laughs) I did 12, and then I had to call out of the last one because my body basically started shutting down. You gave it a good college try, though. I did. At 33 years young, I I (laughs) somehow managed to get through 12 performances without... Passing out, but then on the thirteenth one, I was like, I can't nope, do this. That's anymore. it. Your body was like, twelve um, and done. But we have an amazing uh, group of swings. Swing yes. is somebody that covers several different tracks and hops in when needed. Um, and so Maddie, who is a swing, she hopped in and she took over my part. Which, if you took Ellie Kemper and made her have a little sister, that's what Maddie looks yeah, like. Yeah, she looks exactly like. So thinking her. about her dressed up as Phyllis <laughs> or Meredith is like this weird mind fuck, and it's really funny. I can't see it in my head. But... She does an amazing job yeah, at it, and she great. apparently broke several people on that's stage because she was so into it. Good for her. Yeah, she's an amazing actress. But so. this is why swings exist. This is why swings exist. Because... And I will, yeah, forever have admiration and just utter awe of anybody who is a swing. Because all the regional theater we've done, we go on for every show. But Um, you're also not, you you also don't have to do 12 shows in five days. Right. I think the most we've ever done is like seven (laughs) shows. Not even that in a week. I can't even, because when we were doing Lakewood, I think... If oh, we yeah, had, there would be a couple, like, two-show days. Yeah, we do two-show days, but back. you do maybe six or seven, right. max. I can't... Ma- seven sounds like a lot. Yeah, this but. was three, two, three, two, three. Anyways, so now that that's done, my body is going through the phases of regenerating itself. <laughs> uh, I slept 11 hours. I'm finally back to kind of functioning. That's what days are for four, to restore. Uh... Speaking of barely functioning. Speaking of. Be, speaking of. Speaking of being too old for this shit. Yes. We watched. Oh my god, that's so mean. <laughs> we watched Lethal, Lethal Weapon. Weapon. The original Lethal Weapon, which came out in 1987, starring Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Directed by Richard Donner, written by Shane Black with some rewrites by Jeffrey Boehm. Shane Black has been credited with writing a lot of like the late 80s, early 90s action movies. He helped oh. he helped with the screenplays on all four of the Lethal Weapon movies. He wrote uh, Long Kiss Goodnight and The Last Boy Scout. I don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my older brother renting it. And we weren't allowed to watch it. Oh. That's really all I That's, remember hey, of The Last Boy Scout. There you go. Uh, per IMDb, the plot breakdown of Lethal Weapon. 
Two newly paired cops who were complete opposites must put aside their differences in order to catch a gang of drug smugglers. That's pretty yeah, cut and That's dry. about right. I think that's pretty, yeah. That's about right. I mean, and for what it is. And we're off and running. And the movie starts off, we are, of course, introduced to our two main characters. Uh, Martin Riggs, played by Mel Gibson. I suppose we have to register you as a lethal weapon. Uh, Mel Gibson's from Australia. Uh, Mel Gibson plays Martin Riggs, who is a cop who works with the LAPD Narcotics Division. Same with Murtaugh, is a Vietnam vet. He specifically is suicidal because he's gone through some personal stuff. He has, stuff. and it's like the personal stuff, so he lost his wife. Yes. It's not clear how, though, is it? That's is why it? I want you to watch the sequel. Oh, okay. But, uh, so it's no, not it's not clear, clear in this movie. No. And it's like fairly recent. It's like in the last four months or something. Right, right. It's, it's very, very fresh. So at first I was like, what is up with this guy who's just continuously putting himself in danger? Like, she's dead. It's been years. In my yeah. head I was thinking that. And I was like, oh, no, it's very fresh. And I'm like, very, okay, well. You can be a little suicidal on the job. It's fine. But there's some very uncomfortable scenes surrounding his time alone and oh, how he yeah. deals with this pain. And it's very it's very raw. Mel Gibson is, is is super, super good in this Which role. it's like, too, the fact that they play with that in this, like, you know, 80s action movie that otherwise yeah. has, like, really quippy dialogue. Yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. it's kind of this weird juxtaposition of, like, really heavy shit and then really lighthearted, like chasing robbers and saying I'm too old for this shit. Right, right. And in, in Shane Black's original draft, like, it was much darker apparently. That's right. And I think the reason it was is because he really wanted to hit those tones and themes of having to deal with post-traumatic stress. Oh. Like, Riggs has post-traumatic stress and deals with it in this way and Murtaugh, who is also a Vietnam vet, but he's also a family man. He's right. got, you know, a really consistent career in the detective bureau. He's got like um, a structured Yeah, system. he's got like a structured life yeah. and a schedule and kids and blah, blah, blah. So he's able to work through that in a different way while Riggs is the loner. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like Shane Black originally wanted to deal with those themes, but just in a very deep dark heavy way and then Richard Donna was like um this is really dark can we can we bring this guy <laughs> in and like mood. lighten this up a little, a little bit lighten the mood and the the version that we watched was actually the quote unquote director's cut oh which is the reason why Riggs has like three different introduction scenes where he like goes he's at like the christmas tree farm the he goes to the playground the playground yeah where the sniper's shooting at kids yeah and so it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why Riggs has, like, all of these introductory scenes. Right. The sniper scene... I thought it was just they wanted to showcase more saxophone noises. <laughs> They're like, let's really... Let's just get our money's worth for this. That and Eric Clapton's. Yes. God bless. There's a lot of, like... The guitar and the saxophone almost need their own credit. They do. They absolutely do. Because <laughs> Eric Clapton. They should have like pictures in the end in the credits. Eric just Clapton that. and Michael uh, Kamen both. I almost said Michael I Kamen. was going to say, Michael Kamen doing saxophone. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to lay down this riff. <laughs> Make sure you're bloody recording back there. All right, there we go. Wait, where's my guitar? I don't have my... That How do you explain my... the saxophone? <laughs> no, okay. Clapton, you're going to play the sax. I'm going to play the guitar. Oh, my goodness. Switch. It's a <laughs> row reversal. It's a, it's a switcheroo. We, a... we used to do it 
in the theater all the time. Um, no, it was Michael Kamen, not Michael Caine. Right. Who the music. Uh, right. And it's very, like, it's it's the same through every Lethal movie. Yeah, so which makes it's, me really it's like mad. A running it makes me really mad. <laughs> like straight off the bat, I'm just gonna say like I didn't love this movie, but it was it was things like that 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 took me out of it sure. that made me dislike it, which sure. was like the excessive saxophone and guitar <laughs> nonsense, and then also to uh, the there's just a lot of ADR, which we'll talk about that later. But that ADR was very distracting. So I was talking about the plot a little bit. We're introduced to our main characters. Mel Gibson is suicidal. Murtaugh is a family man. They are are put together through a series of events. They're put together as a team of detectives to help solve this potential murder-suicide. Right. At first, it's like, oh, this girl jumped out of a at a condo or recording studio, as you said. No, it was no. like it was like the Capitol Records Capitol building. Capitol Records building. In downtown LA. So like, oh, she was on drugs. She just jumped out, whatever. But then it turns out it was more than that. Right, and that right. they have to actually figure out what's happening. So the plot kind of thickens a little bit. They end up uncovering this secret heroin delivery operation system in Los Angeles, which is actually being run and fronted by a bunch of former CIA operatives who are now mercenaries who are bringing in heroin from Vietnam. Yes. You know. <laughs> that's like not in the do. IMDb breakdown. That's the, like, you do. That's just also, but, you know, Gary Busey helps out. Yeah, Gary Busey, who's in this as well, he plays one of the mercenaries. He's actually very good. Um, this helped kind of revitalize his career. Uh, it's kind of cool to see him play a bad guy yeah. and, and do it really well. Well, and that's one thing we talked about when we first recorded this yeah. is that it's really hard. I didn't know that the reason why Gary Busey is the way he is is because, like you mentioned, he got into a car accident yeah, and yeah. had brain damage. Right. He's very good. He's an Oscar-nominated actor. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's, he's got the chops. And, and now he's just the butt of every reality Yeah, he's TV kind of a joke. laughingstock, which kind of sucks. Um, thankfully, I mean, he's still... <laughs> "Quote unquote," finding work somehow, somewhere. Right. Um, so he's still out there doing his thing, which is great. So, so yeah, they find out that it's all this heroin that's being delivered by these ex-CIA mercenaries. Uh, the mercenaries end up finding out that these cops are on their tail, and they're like, "Oh, we have to kill these cops!" And <laughs> so they kidnap Murtaugh's daughter. Oh no! And then they sort of then use they go that, out into the desert. They go out into Death Valley, uh. and then then they're captured. Oh no! And then they're tortured. Oh no! And then they escape from and a then, nightclub. They Mel Gibson goes after Gary Busey and Murtaugh goes after like the big head honcho cheese of these mercenaries. Okay. And then there's like a big fight on Murtaugh's front lawn, which Megan it, didn't care for. Oh my god. So the thing is okay, so maybe this this is actually good. <laughs> maybe it's a good thing we're recording this again. Because now I'm realizing another reason why I didn't like it is because there were all of these different scenes that were strung together loosely with a central conceit for the plot. Sure. But it was not very seamless. Oh, like cohesive, you mean? Yeah, it wasn't cohesive. That's what I'm looking for. Because it would be like, um, we're chasing after this guy who is responsible for drugs. And then side note mission, we got to go get this guy and stop him from jumping off of a building. And then, whoop, we're going back to Murtaugh's home and we're fixing a boat. And then, whoop, we're going to go over here. And then, whoop, we're out in the desert. And then, whoop, we're back in a nightclub. Like, what is happening? Mel Gibson shows up at his house with coffee. Right. It (laughs) felt like all of a sudden, like we were in that Blazing Saddles thing where they're just going through the sound stages. I was like, what is happening? 
thing. I get that they were strung together technically. It just felt very weak. Yeah, it it made sense. You're right. It it maybe wasn't as cohesive as it could have been. But no. you actually have to remember the day and age when this movie was made. Right. 1987. It's a Lethal Weapon. I mean, the movie's called Lethal Weapon, number one. Number two, it's like kind of this big testosterone action adult movie oh, yeah. where it's just a lot of big set pieces and explosions right. and but but at the same time like you said it has really good kind of quippy dialogue right so even if it doesn't all sort of fit together perfectly it's all to me and and i remember you you and i talking about this it's it's a love story between two men it's these two it's it's these two guys who do not mesh at all who are thrown together into a situation who have to learn how to work together and cooperate and get the job done and those are the scenes that i really appreciated like Uh you have these sort of action scenes where like oh they fall in the pool and they accidentally kill this guy because he gets caught in the pool plastic that's right the pool and then (laughs) oh my god and the same night they go to roger's house to introduce martin to his family and have this family dinner and so it's Murtaugh introducing Riggs to like this, this family dynamic. It's like, hey, here's what life can be right. if you stop being suicidal and maybe try and find something <laughs> just bigger stop than it. yourself. Right. If you could just stop if you, that. If you try to, you Such know, live for something other than yourself. Right. You know, and thankfully Riggs is like really passionate about the job. Well, but, that's what's keeping him alive. Right. And, and, and you also get a glimpse into what. Riggs may want like you know he could like he wants a family and all that kind of stuff yeah. but he lost it like when his wife you know died right so you you sort of go along this on this journey with them as they learn how to work together and become partners and really become friends yeah. and clearly that's something that so, carries through in a franchise of movies and I feel like that is actually a much more interesting story yeah. than the idea of trying to find the drug dealers from Vietnam sure like that's sure. just more interesting right it's kind of like, what was the other movie that we watched where they tried to do, uh, to cater to both kids as well as adults? Was it Karate Kid? Oh, it was National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, right. When where it didn't know if it needed to, to be raunchy. It didn't know if it should like be like movie. one thing or the other. Yeah. And I felt that for this. Yeah. Like, that was, I think, the thing that frustrated me more than the ADR and saxophone. <laughs> Is that it didn't know what it wanted to be. And right. hearing now that the original draft was so much darker, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like that makes way more sense as to why it was so strewn together, right. in my opinion. And Richard Donner directed, you know, the first two Superman movies, which are pretty lighthearted. He directed the Goonies. Like you have a director who who came in and said, hey, we need to kind of, I want to lighten this up a little bit because sure. I feel like. I want to create an action movie that also has a lot of like heart and some like quips of comedy in there. Huh? So you're right. It's it doesn't really for me. This movie doesn't really fall into one genre. Right. That's why I like the second one so much better. Not that this is a bad movie, but I feel like the second one really kind of hones in, and it's it's definitely like a rated R action movie with some comedy injected into it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like number two has more of a sense of its own identity. Okay. Number one, not so much. Maybe they were like figuring it out in number right. one, and right. now they're like, okay, now we know what. What works exactly? And we're gonna go exactly. from there. So okay. I would love for you to watch number two. I think you'd. I think you'd really enjoy it. Actually. All right. So I'll, I'll. We'll see. We'll does have, it have as much ADR? We'll have some. It's got some good sacks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing like bad sacks. Nothing like bad sacks, man. <laughs> put, no one enjoys bad sacks. Uh, personally, I mean, I I watched this movie, you know, when I was a teenager, and it's always been one of my favorites. But like I said, I think the sequel is a better 
movie. Three and four are also good, but I, f- I feel like they kind of peaked with Lethal, with Lethal Weapon 2. Sure. This movie was made in 1987. It is what it is, but at the same time, you're right. It doesn't quite fall into a specific genre because I feel like it's trying to be three so, different things at once. So then I have a question for you. Yeah. So when we put these things out, when yeah. we say, like, for example, this one was our Christmas movie, right. which, by the way, for anyone that argues that this is not a Christmas movie, it opens it absolutely is. with Jingle Bell Rock. It opens with Jingle Bell Rock. <laughs> There's Christmas throughout the entire, like, it's set It's set during Christmas it's time. It's Christmas in LA. It is not, like, we're not talking about Santa. It's not Christmas themed, mm. but it is around Christmas. If you argue it's a Christmas movie right. I will agree with that now. right but so but people like this movie and we're like oh yeah lethal weapon oh my god Le-. so what do you think the draw is if for example you think lethal weapon 2 is a better movie out of the franchise what is the draw is it nostalgia from like when they watched it as younger is it because I of like- the dialogue is it because of the action movie like what is the draw to this movie I think it's all of those things I feel like if you think of any franchise like the original Star Wars comes to mind where the yeah. first Star Wars is a, a great movie like yeah. it's solid but the Empire Strikes Back took something solid and built on it, it even better. that's the same way. Sure. That's the same thing. Lethal does. Okay. Because by the end of Lethal Weapon One, you have these characters established. So you start number two. You don't really. This beeping is great. Hang on, I'm backing my truck up just a second. <laughs> I just okay. One I'm of the good. perks of recording in your apartment. But you have these at the beginning of Lethal Two. You have these characters already established, and so you don't have to spend as much time like getting Learning. to know them and their dynamics and everything. Right. So. Yeah, I think Lethal 2 is a little bit better. But as far as going back to this one, people just remember it fondly. They're like, oh, the original, like, Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, buddy cop movie, you know? Yeah. Like, this isn't, you can't... Well, and two, there's, so, there's a lot of token phrases from yeah, it. Like, yeah, Like, there's the, I'm too old for I'm this shit. I'm too old shit. for this shit, right. Um, that's all I can think that's, of. That's what. There's uh. That's what I'm there's saying. There's a lot of Three Stooges life. references in this movie, which that's, you know, which people, is really sweet. Yeah, which people use a lot. Yeah. Um. There's a few like really bad dad jokes in this movie. Which also okay, I'm really glad we came back to this because I said this in the first time recording this, and I wanted to say it again. Right. I took major umbrage with the opening of it's the dad's birthday. It's Murdoch's birthday, oh, yeah, and, and his kids come in, and he's in the bathtub, and they're like, yeah, happy birthday, here's your cake. I'm like, your dad <laughs> is naked in the tub. Oh, no. It was the 80s. It's no, no. It's the age of Cosby. No. It's not Cosby not, now, but Cosby then. No, you can't just... <laughs> You can't just dump it on, oh, it was the 80s. It's like, he didn't even have bubbles or anything. Like, his his dad, full bod, was in full view. And his whole family is just fine with it. Right. And I don't know, like, because his daughter is, like, what, 15, yeah, 16? His eldest there. daughter yeah, is... Yeah, Rianne's like... Like, she wouldn't have been okay with that. She right. would have been like, oh, yeah, dad's just, you know, naked in the tub. <laughs> We're all going to go surprise him, and I'm fine with seeing what I'm seeing. Right, right. I just, uh... <laughs> That bothered me so much. There's a lot of, uh, for me anyway, on a technical uh, level, there's a lot of people holding on to guns that have just been fired. Oh, that's right. A lot you of, got really a mad lot of hands, that. like you see hands like fully wrapped around a gun barrel that's just been fired. Which would be I'm like, scalding that hot. would burn his hand off. Yeah, you know, like, movies are bullshit. Movies ben. are bullshit, man. Movies will <laughs> lie to you seven ways from Sunday. <laughs> what movie were you complaining about? I or, don't remember. Oh, me neither. Theater is real. Movies are bullshit. <laughs> right. 
theater's like real people up there talking at you. But movies are complete and utter bullshit. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, again, I, so, well, now that you say that about it being more about like a friendship and it's, you Yeah. Know, it's a, it's like, for me, it's, it's the go-to buddy cop. Buddy cop movie. movie. Okay. You know. Okay. Yeah. You can't really compare it to something like Die Hard, which uh, Joel Silver also produced, and I don't think Shane Black had a hand in that. But Die Hard is, I guess, maybe that's a buddy cop movie because he and Hal are like talking over the radio. But these are two people uh, who are literally put in the same physical space, right. having to well, work out their end, differences. Well, and at the end, like they clearly have made friends, and he's like, you know, he's inviting him to Christmas dinner, right. and it's like, oh, now he's a part of the family. Exactly. So it's more exactly. about a relationship than it is about getting through a circumstance. Right. It's not about teamwork. It's about building your family. Yes. Uh, and ha- having that be with friends. So, in my opinion, you should take this movie and not. I'm not saying Godfather one and two, but I at was the same literally time, just I would actually that. watch Lethal one and two both in the same night because really? you have a springboard to go into lethal two and you're like okay we're off and running these guys are like a unit now Riggs huh. is part of the family i would watch them both in the same night honestly okay yeah. all right uh and then in terms of like um situations where you would suggest people watch this i would say don't watch this for any date um i mean again <laughs> i didn't a, love it i didn't love it I feel but like it's a good date movie it could I be a good date know. movie, I think. If you you're think a movie so? buff and you want to let your... If you let your date know, hey, this is like, like 80s action buddy cop yeah. movie. That if you give a disclaimer, then yeah. it's fine. Then at least you know what I you're watching. I still feel like, and I feel like maybe we say this with a lot of these movies, uh, it's, it would be good in a group. Sure, Just sure. because like some of the stuff is like, oh yeah, it's riveting and like watching this crazy stuff happen and whoa, that explosion. But then also to the commentary, like for example, when... Donald Glover has that huge ass phone. <laughs> He's got this massive cell phone that's an entire purse. Bridging a little bit into trivia, this was the first movie to introduce the first cellular that's phone. That's right. It I looked, remember. It was you the told size of a med- of of an EMT's medical bag. Yeah. And the it's, phone itself and looked it like a brick. And it just made one appearance, and then that was it. Right. It was done. Yeah, but it, it was, was massive. At any rate, but, uh, uh, yeah, I'd say it'd be good for like a group or yeah, like if you're a movie buff and. To me, this is like a Saturday afternoon movie. Sure. Yeah, that's oh, okay. what it is. Like, Saturday. I don't know if I'd watch movie. it on a weeknight. Be like, I have to go to bed soon. I don't want to watch it. Right. Or like if it's on. If, if it's you, on, if like, you TNT. you have the cables you know, and it's on, you'd probably leave I'd it on. I'd stop and watch it. I'd leave it on while I was doing stuff. Yeah. I'd sit down for, like, 20 minutes and then But wait. this isn't like, okay, I need to, like, really dig in and yeah. get a good cinematic, like, you know, goodness. <laughs> right. I need to learn. This is probably... I'm going to miss something really important. I have to sit down and... <laughs> Hold my calls. Shut the doors. <laughs> Lethal weapon is on. Lethal weapon is on. <laughs> I need to focus. No, it's not yeah, that. For me, it's like a good Saturday Saturday night movie. I okay. Think, you know. So. All right, let's hear trivia. Is that trivia? Just, I think we're gonna. This one's gonna be shorter because yeah, we've already talked about by. it. I love it. <laughs> we've I love it. This about is great. It. Um, so there's the scene in the movie where Riggs is contemplating suicide. He puts his Beretta into his mouth, and there's an actual blank round in the chamber, which is not something that I would recommend we do on set. No! But Mel really wanted to do it to give it uh, some authenticity and raise the stakes. It's called acting. Yeah, just act, dear fellow. Just act, my dear boy. Who was that? uh, Lawrence Olivier. Lawrence Olivier, yeah. Dustin Hoffman. 
In what movie? Uh, I can't. It was the one where Dustin Hoffman stayed up literally for three days in a row to be insane. Yes. I don't remember the name of the I movie. I don't remember the name of the movie. But I remember him saying to him, he's like, yeah, I stayed up for three days. And he's like, it's he called was also, acting. He was also going through a divorce at the time. So he was like really depressed. Oh. Uh, well, I, you know. So that's funny. That's hilarious. Good job, Megan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, referencing again, Rude. like the, it was the first appearance of the first modern cell phone. It was called a portable Radio Shack Model 17 1003. Yes. Launched in circa 1986. That's which so is as sexy. close to, oh my God, this thing is huge. Like if you've if you've seen the Big Lebowski where the dude is carrying around the phone, it's a little bit bigger than that. Yeah. It's big. It's massive. It's like a backpack. Yeah. Um, there's a reference in this movie where Murtaugh says, oh, Murtaugh's friend that he has to meet with because his daughter's the one who jumped out the window. Right. Where he says, oh, no, I owe him a favor because in Vietnam he saved me when we were in the Aya Drang Valley. Interestingly enough, later on in Mel Gibson's career, Mel played Colonel Hal Moore, which was a movie called We Were Soldiers uh-huh. about the Battle of the Aya Drang Valley. So, so he played that guy. That he didn't was play made the exact up. guy. Wow, that's amazing. But Mel Gibson he played the leader, the fictional character. Yes, he did. In the future, that saves. Wow. <laughs> How meta is How that? How meta. They actually approached fucking Leonard Nimoy to direct to direct this. Who's Who's Leonard Nimoy? You remember Spock? And no. Leonard Nimoy plays Spock. You don't know who oh. Leonard Nimoy is? Then don't look at me the like that. What the fuck is wrong with I you? Watched, How dare you? I, watched, I want to slap you in the I face. Jaws that this is the most un-American the thing I've ever heard in my life. Captain, I see no reason to stand here and be insulted. How do you not know who Leonard fucking Nimoy is? Rest his soul. What? I'm really disappointed ben, in you. Ben, how would I know? How would you know? How, what how is long the, has Star Trek been around? It is so much a part of the cultural zeitgeist. Are you going to cry? You need to let me talk. I might cry. (laughs) I have barely seen any movies, much less Star Trek movies. How many times have we watched The Wrath of Khan? We, I watched half of it. Oh, you already had it on, and I'm I watched half of it. I'm sleeping on the couch tonight. Oh God! I'm so upset. I can still hit you from the <laughs> from the couch in the bed. Jesus Christ! Live long and prosper. So there was some serious age discrepancies in this movie as well. Riggs's character was supposed to be 38. Mel Gibson at the time was 30 years old when he filmed this movie, which is mm. crazy to think about. He looks younger than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, before this, he did uh, both Mad Max films. I don't know if he did. I think he did Beyond Thunderdome, maybe. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, but he also did um, oh the movie with Anthony Hopkins, not Murder on the Bounty, but no, it was the Bounty. It was just called the Bounty. The Bounty. The Bounty. It's um, so he was about he was kind of a household name at this point because uh-huh. they wanted someone like young, sexy star to play. Okay. Riggs and so and like, that hair. Yeah. Oh, the hair. Oh my God. It's not. I mean, it is a mullet. But it's, it's so like, wavy. It's halfway mullet, halfway Farrah Fawcett. It's yeah. like if a it's mullet and Farrah Fawcett had a baby, yeah. it was just like, it would slap you in the face and you'd be like, give it to It'd me It'd be like again. a gentle breeze. Though. I wanted to, yeah, exactly. Like, and it, it'd smell like clean linen. It would be like the face Even off. if he'd been rolling around in the mud, it would right. still smell like clean linen. <laughs> right. This exactly. amazing hair. Uh, uh, let's see. So, uh, and I think I mentioned this um, earlier, but... Comparing this to Die Hard, there was a little bit of a switcheroo as far as the main characters in this movie. So Mel Gibson was actually offered right. 
John McClane in Die Hard, yes. he turned it down, and vice versa for Bruce Willis. But Mel Gibson also turned down the lead in The Untouchables to do this movie, oh. which ended up going to Kevin Costner, which is a movie that I really want us to do. I think that, I I've, that. oh, The Untouchables would be amazing. Hmm. Um, so yeah, and uh, Joel Silver produced both of those films. Oh. So. Joel Silver produced most of the action movies that went through the mid to late 80s and early 90s. He helped produce the Matrix movies, all four Lethal films, uh-huh. Die Hard, of course. Uh-huh. Um, I think he helped produce Speed as well. So really like any big action movie that came through. Oh, maybe sure. he, maybe he did Face Speed. Off. Oh, God. Ooh, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess some weird roundabout way is that I mentioned that Shane Black wrote... The Last Boy Scout, and in the TV series of Lethal Weapon, oh, that's right. Marlon Wayans, who also is in The Last Boy Scout, ends up playing an older version of Murtaugh. So, what? It's weird. Yes, yeah, this weird sort of Damon Wayans, excuse me, not Marlon Wayans. So, yeah, it gets huh. a little weird how it ties in. And that's pretty much it. Watch this movie. It's it's fun. It's a we Saturday. We are barely at a half an hour. I love this, though. We got shit to do, guys. This we is do. New York City. It is New York. Megan's got to go back to bed. I, I got to go to the gym. I got to call my manager. Wait a my dog needs I'm dinner. I'm sorry. It's like, guys, we're busy. Megan has to go to bed. <laughs> I have to go work out, talk to my manager, and take care of her. But Megan needs to sleep. The sloth has only got I was up at 11 hours. 10 hours a day. But... It's oh fine. my god! Um, it's a good Saturday movie. Well, I, I say think that's watch. a great term. I yeah. want to use that term. Moving Saturday forward. movie. It's a good Saturday movie. Yeah. It's yeah. like not like Saturday night. You wouldn't go out on a date for this. Sure. Like go out someplace. But like yeah, it's like it's a Saturday movie. Like you're hanging out. You're not doing it. Tours are done for the day. It's it's but a also, good thing to just put on. But also, if you watch a movie on a weeknight, like you want to make it worth your time. You know, like well, right, because you have to start it early enough. I watched Beautiful Boy. Uh, for, yeah, Ben got all of his SAG screeners. Yeah, for for uh, the Screen Actors Guild voting, so I knew I had to watch that because like voting is coming up in a few weeks, and, and I'm like, attention. I need to pay attention to this movie. So I know that I, if I watch it on a weeknight, I'm actually going to sit down and make it worth my time, like you right. said. But this movie, it's it's worth your time, and at the same time, if you walk out of the room for five minutes and come back in, you're chances gonna, are you're not going to miss a whole right. lot of important information. So the, oh wait, there was one thing that we didn't touch on oh, yeah. that I wanted to talk about really quickly, okay. which was the mud fight at the end. Oh, okay. It's not a mud fight. It's, it's it not, is a it's mud not fight. It's not mud wrestling. That's exactly what it is. In the exotic no, dancing. No, it's, it's, it's mud quando <laughs> is what it is. It's because what happens is that like Gary Busey is still out and about causing a fuss. He goes to Murtaugh's house because he, he thinks Murtaugh's they'll be there. He goes to house. Oh, that's right. Because they've kidnapped the daughter. They got the daughter back. And he's like, okay, well, I need to finish my mission. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. What, which, why would he do that? The main guy has already been captured at there's, this point, There's right? actually, there, there's some point, uh, something mentioned in the movie after everyone is almost dead. So it's just Gary Busey who's left. For some reason, he goes back to the Murtaugh's house because I think Gary Busey wants to try and kill his family. Yeah, he said, like, your family's next or something, something like, like that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, continue. So at any rate, he goes there, and then what happens is this massively dick-swinging, cathartic experience because, so Riggs basically goes into this Mortal Kombat standoff with Gary Busey. Yep. Get over here! In the middle of 
of Murtaugh's lawn, (laughs) like destroying Christmas ornaments. (laughs) Destroying Christmas. Decorations left and right. (laughs) There's a sprung leak somewhere, so the entire lawn is mud. There's a cop car that hits a fire hydrant. That's what it was. And so so the entire lawn is mud. And so, like, you know... They shot that over four nights. Can you imagine? Four nights? That would be the wettest, most miserable experience of my life. Oh, my God. But it'd also be fun. But it's also set water, which is, like, not clean or... Or, and that's in yeah. mud too. Yeah. And it's like, what are you gonna do afterwards? Take a shower? You were just wet. <laughs> so at any rate, so what happens is is that they come to the scene, they've managed to, you know, trap Gary Busey. He's not going anywhere. And then Murtaugh is like, okay, Riggs, you fight him. And he's like, I got it, I'm gonna fight him. And then they have this hand-to-hand combat thing that goes on for like two minutes. Longer than that. It's like a five-minute fight. It's long. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's a whole lot of storytelling happening in this fight, like you said. It's a little bit of dick swinging and a little bit of a cathartic experience for Riggs. Right. Because Riggs is suicidal, and he's gone through this whole journey with Murtog, and he kind of needs this. He kind of like needs to get... last... Yeah, just this last thing. little bit of crazy... I, I think he needs to both beat the shit out of somebody and have someone kind of beat the shit out of him. A little column. A little Yeah, maybe to just kind of like jar him back to his to his like neutral level and the nice thing is that until like someone of command or like a commander gets on site Murtaugh is in charge so you have cops everywhere Murtaugh's like no 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 we're gonna let him fight we're gonna let him duke it out and the cops are like are you sure he's like yeah yeah this is my house fine I'm in command right now so I'm gonna let these two go that's literally my house but before the fight (laughs) starts you have to remember that both Riggs and uh Mr. Joshua who's Gary Busey's character both of these guys worked for the CIA in Vietnam right they're both special forces right and in the original draft there was a little bit more history between the two because they actually sort of met each other briefly or or at least knew of each other when they were in Vietnam. So there were like these kind of legends spread about Riggs and Mr. Joshua. So that would have made you can see in the movie where Mel Gibson's like, hey, do you want a shot at the title? And Gary Busey's like, hey, don't mind if I do. So they clearly know of each other. There's a lot of things that that was super confusing. Right. I did not catch that yeah. at all. So, and I think this has to do with a lot of the rewrites that Richard Donner ended up doing. Oh, that's a shame. Because he wanted to lighten it up a little bit. I feel like that would have made more sense. It like, does. Otherwise, it just it just seems like a random mud fight. Right. So it's it's kind of cool that you end with this this combat where they're like, yeah, I want a shot at the title. Yeah. So you have these two guys like duking it out in Murtaugh's front yard. Right. And Riggs ends up winning. Right. The movie ends with the two of them. Spoilers with the two of them shooting Gary Busey simultaneously. Because right. as it turns out, um, well, Gary Busey survives the fight. Right, but then... And he, he gets up and he's like, ah, I'm gonna kill you, I'm Gary Busey! And then they're like, no! And then they both fire over the shoulder. I, I <laughs> get why. Yeah. You know, because Riggs needed it. It would have made a little bit more sense if they developed a backstory between the, the two of them that, a little bit again, more. Again, I feel like that just wasn't earned. I didn't know why we were doing it. As far as like skill level is concerned. Sure. So that's why they kind of had at it. Uh, it just, and Murtaugh was like, yeah, he needs this. I'm going to let him do it. Right. Which so. totally would happen in the field. Be like, you guys, he's had a rough day. Let's just let's, let him beat the shit out of The NYPD just back it up. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 no. It's my house. It's my rules. It's a fun. If you can unplug just a little bit, you don't have to unplug 
dialogue as much as watching like Face Off or something like that. Right. But it's not that much suspension of disbelief. It's grounded in reality just enough to make it fun. It's cool to see the original, like I said, the original buddy cop movie. So an eighties buddy cop movie. Give it a watch. It's a Saturday movie. And that's it. Um and then in terms of our next movie, I mean, we have so many to pick from. I know. And I'm still backing up. I know. I'm still backing Can up. Can you hurry it up? Oh, why does there it, it always stop <laughs> as soon as stops. I say it? I try to do it so it's a funny. I say we stops. go back to the original list and pull something good okay. off the list that you haven't seen. Okay. That's what I say we do. Uh, okay, then we'll do that. Then we'll just do that. We'll, 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 uh, we'll keep you guys posted. Thank you guys for your patience while we yeah. breeze through the holidays. And again, now that like I'm on a five show at most six show a week schedule, mm. I'll actually be able to like, we can record this and yeah. get it out. And hopefully we're hoping for every week. So I imagine we'll do well so two episodes a month in here in our apartment right and hopefully we can get back into anchor soon because yes. it's great we love them they are so great yes. um so then actually in terms of official or unofficial sponsors remember we do now have a couple of sponsors we do um, if you've listened to our podcast you can kind of notice that we have mentioned a couple of things about um let's see here pocket casts mm-hmm. is one and then another one was... We uh, did one for Anchor, I think. For Anchor, yeah. yeah just yeah. specifically about them. And I've had a couple people actually ask about Anchor. Their platform is so easy to use. It really, really is. Yeah. But we'll let our ads speak <laughs> speak for themselves. Yes. Actually, too, there's also a company called Tree Threads. Um, I have some of their stuff. It's that really cute hat that I oh, have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you got the emblem yep, with yep, the yep. little Douglas fur on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Tree Threads gave us a promo code. Um, so once you use this promo code, if you go to their site, anybody uses it will get a 10% discount. Um, and so basically all you need to go do is go to treethreads.com and the 10% discount is SIMAC, S-I-M-A-C. That will get you a 10% discount off of your purchase. Which stands for, so I married a cinephile. So if you get confused... Just go, how do I spell... How do how do I no wait what's the what's the word what's Spanish for I know you what's, speak English <laughs> <No>. <laughs> no. <laughs> what's in the foil it's not phonetic what's the word the acronym yeah, acronym, acronym. Uh, yeah. bow body bow body I like it so uh, use Simac for a ten percent discount. I think that's everything. I think that's it. I think we covered all the bases. Thank you guys again for your patience, and we will be back again uh, next week. Yeah. And we will announce on our social media platforms what we will be watching. So Please share. Share, like, subscribe, spread the word, and we will uh, see you guys later on in the new year. Later on. Later days. I'm too old for this shit. See y'all on the flippity flap. <laughs> We're mixing the office <laughs> with Lethal Weapon. That would be amazing. Would be... Michael Scott's cut <laughs> of, of Lethal Weapon. It's essentially threat level men. It is. That's it's actually exactly that's what exactly what it is. <laughs> All right, everybody. All right, guys. Have a great finish to your first week of 2019. Hit those goals, whatever they may be. And uh, we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.